Good afternoon, welcome to the Market Wrap number 109. Stuart Williamson here for APW at the helm. Why do we do this? As I said before, just to let people know what's going on in the property market. So please do share, like, pass it around, all that sort of stuff. So as many people as possible can hear the good word. This week, high interest rates are temporary. Residential property growth is here to stay. Now, who says that? Well, according to the governor of the Bank of England, ultra low interest rates will return once effects of COVID and the war in the UK, Ukraine fade. Bank of England governor Andrew Bailey said this in a speech to the official monetary and financial institutions forum, which I've got to say, I don't know very much about myself, but it sounds very impressive. So this week we're going to analyze this and look at the, then go on to look at the overall UK residential market and what the future holds. The Governor of the Bank of England said, there will be no ifs or buts in the quest to bring down inflation, once again hinting the aggressive rate rises could, could be further coming along further along the way. So more coming. But he did go on to say there's no reason to think that the enormous global forces which drove interest rates to record lows have gone away. Or that the fallout from the pandemic will force worldwide interest back up again on a permanent basis. His actual quote was, cyclical adjustments in short-term nominal interest rates like those we are currently witnessing in the United Kingdom and abroad will for the foreseeable future continue to be played out against a global backdrop of low global equilibrium and real interest rates. So basically what he's saying is that the backdrop is pretty grim we need high interest rates. He said, a combination of surging demand post-COVID and supply chain disruption at a cause, caused by the war in Ukraine has led price rises to hit 9.1% in May, well above his 2% target. The bank has rapidly raised interest rates in response, taking them from 1%, 0.1% in December to 1.25% last month. While more rate rises are on the way, Mr. Bailey's comments about a return to low global equilibrium is one of the first suggestions that the bank expects higher rates to be short-lived. Factors such as increasing lifespans have pulled down interest rates globally over the last 30 to 40 years as people save up more money for their retirements. And it, Mr. Bailey said this is expected to persist. So this is one of the reasons why interest rates are lower. I don't quite see the link, but that's what Mr. Bailey said, who knows far better than I. He went on to also say technological changes have also been important as automation spreads through the economy. So far, there's no clear evidence that the pandemic will change any of this despite some econ economists warning that COVID has unwound some of the globalization which helped keep inflation and so interest rates low in recent years. And I think that's true probably also globalization on the back of what's happened in the Ukraine. You know, people won't be so keen to outsource now when we've seen what ha has happened in Ukraine. It's worth bearing in mind that whilst the pandemic was a large and unprecedented economic shock with profound changes to labor markets, and the way we work, it is possible that its long run effects on productivity will be small, he said. 
In addition, Britain is heavily exposed to global forces and flows of money internationally, forcing the bank to set its interest rates based on those worldwide borrowing costs. He then went on to say, for an open economy like the United Kingdom, the trend real rate is pinned down by global forces, as capital is free to move around the world. Interest rates would depend on the balance of savings and investment in other countries, as well as that in the United Kingdom. This, these comments suggest the impact of rapid rises in interest rates, such as a slowdown in the housing market and strain on indebted businesses. In addition, you know, help for you know, savers, bless them, who are getting half a cent in the bank, may last for a short spell if the bank does cut rates again in the years to come. So that's the general view. It's going to be a short-term spike while they get interest rates down, but as low as, as short as possible. He went on to say the committee will will be particularly alert to indications of more persistent inflationary pressures, and will, if necessary, act forcefully in response, bringing inflation back to our two percent target. Sustainably is our job. No ifs or buts. Financial markets currently expect bank the bank to raise its base rate to 2% in September and at least 2.5% by the end of the year. However, interest rate futures in the US and the UK are now indicating cuts by mid-2023. Okay, so mid-2023, we should start to see interest rates start to come down again. So if you're on a five-year fix, it doesn't really affect you. It's only the short-term thing. That was all taken from the Telegraph. Okay, moving on. So we have short-term interest rate rises on the way, but what is the long-term trend for UK property prices? Let's look at some history facts here. If you, if you take house prices from 1980 to, and then project them forward to 2050, it's quite easy to, to, to think now, you know, things aren't gonna go very well. We've got the Russian-Ukraine war, we've got COVID-19, we had Brexit in recent memory. It's easy to concerned about those prices and think, are things going to go pear-shaped? But it's important to remember that this current situation, although it's very nasty and very terrible in many ways, it's just a small part of an extremely long-term trend and process. So with that in mind, at APW Towers, we decided to take a look at the increase in average house prices across the UK over the last 40 years and then use that data to predict property prices going forward and then see you know, what might cause the train to come off the tracks. House prices have grown 1,145% since 1980. It's crazy really to think about it. House prices then, according to the Nationwide, were £19,273 on average compared to 260000 today. That's 12, 12, 1.2 percent, 1,249% increase. And it was absolutely crazy. Uh, house prices, you know, went up by 100% in the five-year period from 1995 to, from 1995 to 1990, and then from 1990 to 1995, they went down by 5%. So 100% up, 5% down. So, so huge growth. Predictions, 2025-2050, what might happen. With average house prices climbing over the last 40 years, 
we, we thought we'd extrapolate that if we can and see what would that mean going into 2050. If they do continue at the current prices, the current um, rate of growth, the average rate, that is not as what's gone on over the last two years, then the average property price by 2025 would be £285,000. This figure then becomes £380,000 in 2035 and £450,000 in 2050. That's a 104% increase in the next 30 years. But look at the methodology we used. I thought that might be suspicious and might not be very good. Because what we did, we took the average house price data from 1980 to 2015 from the land registry and we used the Guardian Halifax for data up to 2022. To predict the average house price going forward, we took the same data and used a linear forecast function on Microsoft Excel. Whether that's correct or not, I don't know, but those are big figures. So I thought, well, let's look at it slightly differently. Let's look at real inflation adjusted prices. Okay, so the real UK house price change since 1975 has, has been, according to this, this, this research is from real UK house prices, all agents. This shows an increase of 160.57% in real prices to 270,000 this year from 104,000. The same trends going forward would also give us a number, another 100% growth by 2050, inflation adjusted. Is that true? Who knows? We have had many clients say to us, well, what's going on now? Is it not the same as a global financial crisis? You know, are we not going to have that sort of situation with interest rates going up quite aggressively? Well, after this GFC, house prices dropped by 20% over 16 months. Transaction levels slumped by 1.65 million in the decade, in, from 1.65 million in the decade up to the crisis to 730,000 in June 2009. It then took six years for house prices to return to their pre-crash levels, but they did. So is this the same situation? Are we not heading for another global financial crisis-like crash? Okay, or is it different? So I looked at some research, and the first research I looked at was um, the Australian Financial Review. And they say, real estate crises happen with regularity, and they're not all the same, nor are they equally severe. And they say, today's crisis is a crisis of inflation-instigated market slowdown. A decade ago, with the GFC, it was a crisis of capital, which means that those waiting for a GFC-style property collapse will be waiting a long, long time. During the GFC, there was, there was no money available. Both equity and debt were severely rationed and priced accordingly. In fact, banks wanted their money back. Today, it's quite the opposite. There's plenty of equity and debt available. It's still super cheap, even if the prices are going up. The real question today is about consumer demand recovering, about employment remaining strong, I mean, there's a shortage of, of people to employ in many places around the world. The UK is huge. How to adapt to post-COVID world and how is the supply of stock affected in the post-COVID world? So these are things to think about. It's not the same. We're not going to have the same crisis according to the data I've, I've, I've looked at. Finally, I found this in the Times of India during trying to find some research. 
and they say if pandemics are going to be more frequent as is now suspected it is all the more important that there is a more enforceable global protocol on early warning and information sharing for all their differences the gfc and the cfc as they call it covid financial crisis are similar in one aspect they both teach us life enhancing lessons the gfc forcefully reminded us that greed and avarice will only bring tears in the end. The COVID financial crisis is teaching us that the force of nature is bigger than the combined force of our science and technology. So there we go, sanitary thoughts. Thank you very much for listening, watching. Do share, like, and let other people know about it. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, hope to see you again next week. Do take care. Bye-bye.